Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) This is the show that keeps you up to date with what's happening in the world of social media and more. Have you ever wondered how to harness the power of social media to elevate your business? Maybe you're curious about strategies that can make your brand thrive on platforms like Instagram. Or maybe you're aspiring to transform your entrepreneurial dreams into vibrant, engaging online presence. If those thoughts resonate with you, then today's episode is just for you. I'm so excited to have a guest who is expertly navigated this realm. She's a guru in social media marketing (laughs) and entrepreneurship, turning her savvy into dynamic business model. Julia is going to share her compelling story, insightful strategies, and essential tips for mastering Instagram for business success. So sit back, clear schedule, clear your mind, and get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Julie, so excited that you're here with us today. This is going to be awesome. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who that bio is about, but... We're going to have some fun, I think. You just wait, because if you don't know Julie, Julie Voris is this business (laughs) and mindset coach for women who are done getting lost in the minutiae, tired of playing small, and so over asking for permission. She helps them to tap into the power of habits to create more impact and income while serving as inspiring role models for their family. Now, she is a former high school English teacher turned fitness professional. Julie has built an eight figure business from the ground up through her social media and website. Julie reaches more over over 300, what, 30,000 women uh, uh, show up for her signature truth love. And she is unapologetic, empowering message that women need. And sometimes they don't want to hear, but Julie sets them straight <laughs> and she helps them seize control and chase their wildest dreams. Julie, you are amazing. I've seen you speak uh, and oh my gosh, so excited that you're here. I am just honored to be here. I think we're going to have so much fun. And I feel like a little, I don't know, female sandwich in between the two of you. So this is good. We're going to have a good time. That's right. So I, you know, um, but Julie, seriously, you were like, you did little, um, I don't know what you call them, energizing sessions in between uh, some uh, during momentum. And they were amazing. That's what Lou calls them. That's what Lou calls. He's like, just come and do do the thing that you do. And I'm like, I don't really know what you mean by that, but okay, we'll, we'll just, we'll, whatever. And so it's just yes. fun to, to make connections and, and talk with other entrepreneurs who are driven and want to do something. You know, I feel like so often in our real lives, we can be surrounded by other people who don't get our goals and dreams. And so when we get in a space with other people who do have big goals and dreams, it's just so um, soul filling. It lights me up. So I love being in rooms like that. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And we have so many of our friends here today. Uh, Gary Stockton, who is amazing. He says, good morning, you beautiful people. Thank you, Gary. And Tacey goes, yes, it's me. And she's going to be at the, at the, at the meetup. Uh, Jim Fuse is saying, uh, good morning. Happy December. I can't believe it's December already. I can't Blowing my mind. Blowing my mind. Crazy. And Angie Robinson saying, yay, Julie Boris. Yeah. So, and Kira is here too. Julie fan club is in the house. Kira, <laughs> she, Kira. she has changed my life and, uh, popped it in uh, via, uh, Instagram when I needed her messaging the most. So yes, she is very encouraging. So uh, somebody else I want to give a shout out to is our friends over at Ecamm who sponsor the show. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And once again, they're helping us do that meetup at uh, Hollywood Studios at Disney. So uh, make sure you go check that out, but also go check them out. They have amazing stuff they're doing. They have amazing community. Socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. All right. This first section, let's jump right into it. I want to talk about Julie um, as I dove in. I mean, I, I saw you speak and, you know, but you, when you have a guest on, you really like try to dive in and like, okay, what, what makes them tick? And oh my gosh, uh, the stuff that you've gone, you, you have done and you've talked about, um, I want to kind of tap into how you got started. So can you kind of share really quickly your origin story from a high school English teacher to building this eight figure business? Yeah, the, those two don't really go together, do they? When you think <laughs> well, my about wife's that, a teacher. We're not there yet. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in a tiny little town in the middle of the Midwest, and I truly believe that all human beings have a spark or a seed inside them that says, I want more. I want to do more. I want to have a, a more kind of life, an extraordinary life. I don't know that all humans actually water that seed or, or fan the flames of that spark, but I believe that it is in all of us. And I know that I certainly had it because I did grow up in this tiny little town, no stoplights, still no stoplights, cornfield literally in my backyard. And yet I always knew that that was not where I was going to stay. That was not where I was meant to be. But I didn't, I did not have any idea that I would get into fitness I really followed the journey of what so many women in my tiny little town did, because I certainly didn't see anyone who was an entrepreneur. I did not see any women owning businesses. I did not see any women working out. I didn't see women doing anything really other than marrying their high school boyfriend, uh, becoming a nurse or becoming a teacher, all of which are fine if that's your path. There, there's no judgment on that. that. That just didn't feel like it was necessarily my path, although I did end up becoming a teacher. And I loved to read. I was highly influenced by my high school English teacher. And so when I got to college, that's what I decided to major in. Um, and I think that when you get to the heart of it, and I think anyone can can find this in their own life, the connective tissue in my life is teaching and mentoring. Mm. It, it just looks different from then to now, you know, I don't have to grade papers anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> and my schedule is not in the hands of somebody else. Thank goodness. But I'm still teaching. I'm just doing it in a different kind of classroom. So I think that's the through line. I think most of us as humans probably have a through line. Um, if we look for it and dig for it and rather than being held by a label of a certain occupation. If we can dig into what those skill sets are, what lights us up, what is that through line, and then look for ways to amplify that, we'll probably have a lot more joyful life. And so I fell into fitness when we moved because my husband was a college football coach. Mm. We got married very young and I was teaching. 
he was coaching. We chose these professions that make you rich in a lot of ways. None of those ways are financially. And <laughs> we, we were struggling for money. And we did a move to Pennsylvania. We were in, in Indiana. We went to Pennsylvania and we decided that I would stay home that year because, frankly, we just didn't know how long we would be there. And that is such the college mm -hmm. football coach's life. Right? right. So we weren't sure how long we were going to be there. And a funny little side note, when we moved to Pennsylvania, which was beautiful, by the way, the first day we were there, there was a long, a long pole on the end of our fire hydrant at the end of the driveway. And my dad said, you know what that's for? And I said, no, I don't. And he goes, that's to find the fire hydrant in the snow. And I thought, okay, this is already a bad sign. <laughs> It's a bad wow. sign. And when we opened up the local newspaper later that day, there was a black bear warning in our neighborhood. And I looked at my husband and I said, you got one year and we, we got to go someplace else because <laughs> this is not going to be the place where I can stay. So we did. We moved there. I left to teaching. We moved it to Pennsylvania and we decided that I would stay home for that year because we didn't know how long that we would be there. And I joined the local YMCA. I got pregnant with our third daughter. I, we joined the YMCA so that I could meet friends. No, I mean, we didn't know anyone right. in this town yeah. and the girls could, my older two could take some things. And, um, I just kind of got into this culture of taking some group fitness classes and such. They're very basic. I was pregnant, very basic, but I really loved it. And I'd never been in a town where I really had that as an option. You know, before it was, I kind of worked out on my own. I'm always, I'm a person who can't sit still. So I've always been kind of a, a worker outer or a mover, but I was doing it on my own or I was doing, um, the firm VHS tapes, you know, back in the day, which tells you how old I am. Um, but so when I, when we moved to Pennsylvania and I got to join the Y, I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is just, it's a community of people who dig health and fitness. This is super cool. We did move the next year. Thank goodness. And we moved to Wisconsin. But that year, 2001, was a real pivotal year for me in a lot of ways. My dad got diagnosed with cancer. We moved in May. I was eight months pregnant when we moved. So I had to find a new hospital, a new doctor. We did not have a house that we were living in. We were staying in my husband's grandparents' house about an hour away. It was his first head coaching job. I had a baby, my father passed away, my oldest started kindergarten, the middle started, started wow. preschool. I had a newborn baby in a town that I didn't know anyone. And we joined the Y again. And in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this grief, if I could get myself up and to the Y for the 915, whatever fitness class it was, if I could get Jenna dropped off at school, Josie dropped off at preschool, Jesse with me to childcare at the Y, and I could get to the Y and take that class. I started figuring out I could handle anything else that came after that. I mm. could be more patient with my kids. I could start to navigate this grief. I could unpack my house. I could <laughs> figure out how to learn my way around this new town. I, I was just a better human on the other side of me just getting a workout in. And even though I had always been a mover and always been a person who couldn't sit still and always been someone who loved physical activity, it wasn't until then that I really made the connection, the mental and the physical connection between I'm a better human after I move my body. Mm. And it didn't take very long of me doing that. About 
oh gosh, September, October, November, so two-ish months. And I was sitting on the blue bench in the Y one evening and I had Jesse, my youngest, with me. Jenna and Josie were upstairs taking a couple classes and the group fitness director sat down next to me on this blue bench while I was waiting and she said, you know, I've seen you in class the past couple of months. I think you should start teaching group fitness. I'd like you to start next month. <laughs> and that one conversation changed the course of the rest of my life. You know, would I have found fitness as a career uh, on my own? I have no idea. But the fact that that one person we've all had those conversations, you know, one person can have that, that conversation with you and you just saying yes can change the rest of your life. That's how I went from being a high school English teacher to kind of falling into fitness at the time when I started as a hobby, I had no idea it would be the basis for what grew my business and changed our family's lives from that point on. Wow. Wow. All from somebody sitting down and taking the time to say, Hey, you have a skill. Yeah. Let me, let me give you an opportunity. And then you jumped yeah. with that. Opportunity. I mean, that was probably scary. That opportunity probably was like, like, I don't yeah, know. And what's so interesting about that too, is clearly I had no idea about anything about teaching group fitness. I had never done it before. I had no idea. And somehow, although I was like, uh, what am I doing? There was also this bit of just innocence or naiveness mm. where you're just like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so let's just figure it out. Right. And I think that is the key to being an entrepreneur, you know, kind of maintaining a little bit of that sort of innocence and in that you don't really know what you're doing and who cares, let's just figure it out along the way. Uh, I think that is the key because if you just keep opening the doors and stepping through the doors and putting one foot in front of the other, you'll figure stuff out. It's the people who allow the resistance that they don't know what they're doing to be the obstacle in their way that kind of stay the same mm. their entire lives. You know, I, there is just sort of an embracing of, I have no idea what I'm doing. I likely will look like a fool for a while, right. but let's just, you know, try to, because honestly, Jeff, I thought, well, hmm, we're gonna get a discount on classes at the Y and we're really poor. So, okay, <laughs> let's try that, let's try That's that. Good. Um, also, I don't really know anyone in this town, so if I fail, yeah. who's gonna know about it? It was long before Instagram was even a thing, so who's gonna post about it on social media? Like, really, wh where was the loss, you know? Mm, right. So I kind of looked at it like, all right, well, I'm gonna get a discount, I'm gonna save some money, I'm gonna make $11 an hour, woohoo, and let's, <laughs> Let's go. I mean, you think that there's no job that pays less than being a high school English teacher. There is. It's called being group fitness instructor. Okay. I found it. I did yes, it. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. So that's kind of where I started um, marrying my love for movement with my love for teaching. Mm. That's, that's kind of where it all began. Yeah. And I, I, one of the things when you were, we were talking, you were thinking about like every, being in this business and being you know an entrepreneur for so long, nobody knows what they're doing like when they start and we, and we talked about this a little bit on your show uh, th this week is like everything is a struggle. Like that's when you grow, that's when you go to the next level in your business. It's always, it's never handed to you like a lottery ticket. It's always, yeah. you've got to do something that 
it's just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this or not. And then walk yeah. through it. Um, Gary says, uh, tuning out the negative self-talk must be key to keeping that momentum going. Yes, that's very, very true, Gary. And uh, Lauren uh, popped in says, she's so glad to be here hearing about uh, more of Julie's stories. So this is cool. Well, yeah, and you know, to that negative self-talk piece, I think sometimes when you just don't know what you're doing, there's sometimes there isn't any self negative self-talk right. or, or you're just not paying attention to it because right. you have no you idea what anything. you're doing in the first place. Yeah. You yes. don't know anything. Like, you don't even know what you don't know. So yeah. I'm like... Well, it, there was a little bit of an acknowledgement of, well, of course I'm going to suck. I've never done this before. So, mm-hmm. of course, like, of course I'm going to suck. Um, I honestly think, to be totally transparent with you, the more success you get, the harder it is to tune out the self. The more you have yeah. to actively work on tuning out the self-talk. I think when you're first beginning, you just don't know what you don't know. And you just do your thing and you go about your business. It's it's with success that the imposter syndrome and the negative mm. stuff in your head, I think it, that's, I think to unlock the, the next levels of your success, you have to dig deeper into personal growth. That's a side note, but that's what I think. Yeah, and just, this is a pers- uh, shameless self plug is that w- the thing for me has ma- been masterminds. Like I started masterminds a long time ago. That helps with the negative self-talk that gets some people speaking yeah. truth into your lives. And yeah. s- shameless plug, Paul and I are starting <laughs> a paid fund. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've, and Rich is in here, he's gonna be in, in it. And so if you're interested in that, shoot me a DM. Be, uh, not a hard sell, but it, it really has it. changed my business. So anyway, I know Paul, you had a question. Well, and I'll, I'll say, Julie, I, I, so what you just said resonates with me. I probably have, this year has been the hardest for me for self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of, powwows.com has gotten to the point where it's, you know, it's a pretty good situation, but I, I do, I feel that more and more the I further I get in it. So thank you for saying that, that, that really did hit. Um, and, you know, thinking about what you were talking about is, um, you know, you didn't see many people, women in business, you didn't see women doing uh, fitness or whatever. So how did you decide to niche down to be th- this woman, women, fitness coach and entrepreneur and mentor? You know, to me, that would have been pretty scary to limit my market and just market mm-hmm. to people like that. Mm-hmm. How did that decision come up? That's a great question. I very clearly remember I can, I, I can feel it like even right now, I very clearly remember I started. So she had that conversation with me in, you know, mid to end November. I taught my first class in January. That's how fast it was that she wanted me to start teaching, which because she's thinking as a group X instructor, she's thinking I got slots on my calendar to fill. Let's go. It's a new year. So it was like, it was a fast moving process. So I started teaching in January. I remember it was probably March or April. It was not long. And I was teaching one, maybe two classes a week, you know, just getting my feet wet, just starting. And the alarm went off. And I remember I swung my feet over, put my feet on the floor and kind of sat up and thought to myself, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. <laughs> like the teaching high school English was sort of the, and this is where we, I think we all fall into this trap of thinking everything that has come before has been like a waste of time. I think everything that comes before is just preparation, pushing us to the place that we're supposed to go if we're paying attention to that and if we're listening to that, if we're willing to say yes and walk through those doors. But I can remember that so clearly, like just really waking up and going, oh, this this was the thing that I was supposed to be doing. So 
to your point, Paul, I don't know that it was a decision that I made or if it was just a calling that I listened to. But when I got on a stage and I could look out into the audience and I could see the light bulb click on in someone's eyes, female most of the time, because that's who I was teaching. But when I could see the light bulb click on in a woman's eyes that, oh, I actually could do one more push-up than what I thought. Oh, I could do one more squat than what I thought. Oh, I could do that exercise a little bit longer than what I thought. When I could see that light bulb click on, like that was everything. That was the fuel that I needed. That was teaching just in a different classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So it just kind of reinforced that to me. And it, it wasn't necessarily a decision to niche down. It was just a listening to what was in my heart. And when I realized like, oh my God, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along, then I doubled down on it. it. Then it went from being a, oh, this is kind of fun and I can get free classes for my girls at the Y to, I, I think I could do something with this. That was the kind of the turning point for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm going this, I got a kind of final question for this kind of section. Um, but first, I, Angie Robinson says this is a great point. She goes, the negative self-talk will never go away. It will show up in different ways. It's a matter of learning how to manage it. And then she goes, personal development for the win. And Angie's going to be on the show uh, later on in December. So I can't wait for that one as well. So that, stay tuned for even more great <laughs> stuff from Angie. But uh, what I want to ask you is, okay, Part of this personal development is as your business grows, how do you stay motivated and continue to innovate in your business? Because, and, and also like Paul and I both wanna know where does your energy come from? Cause you are one of the most energetic person I know. Is it cause you're moving all the time and I, I can just see you crash like at like 10, like she's done, like all her gas is out. So how, how does, how do you, is it, how do you stay motivated and where do you get your energy? me at 8 p.m. watching Disney Plus because, <laughs> because I'm done for the day. <laughs> um, okay, this is funny because I do get this question a lot and it is exactly that, Jeff, like how, why, how and why are you so motivated all the time? And I'll be completely transparent with you. I have three reasons to be motivated, to be leveling up, to be stepping into my best self, to be on a constant quest to create this life that I want to create. And their names are Jenna, Josie, and Jesse. Hmm. Period. Because I cannot look at my girls in their eyeballs and tell them that they can go after any dream, do anything in their lives that they want if I am not modeling that too. It's just not authentic. So when I feel off my game, when I get a little sideways, which all humans do all the time, especially entrepreneurs, I remember who's watching me. And maybe that sounds corny or maybe that sounds hallmarky, but that is my truth. I remember who's watching me and I remember, or I, you know, I remind myself of the responsibility that I have as a female in the world right now, having three females in my life and I don't take that responsibility lightly. So I don't worry about motivation, number one, because I have three daughters watching me. And that's just, that, that might, again, might sound corny, but that's my truth. And number two, 
I don't worry about motivation because I have really good habits that take motivation off the table. So I don't wake up and go, gosh, I hope I feel like I'll work out today or I hope I feel like I'm going to help my team grow today or I hope I'm going to go on social media and share some tools that can help people change their lives today. Those are just habits that I have. So I don't have to rely on motivation. Mm. Does that sound corny? No, that's, I mean, Paul has a daughter who just went to college. I have one about the same age, a little older and a son too. And it sounds corny, but that is the reason for, I think a lot of what we do and we, and we hope and pray that we are modeling the correct things to the, my daughter's actually working for me in the company now. And so it's really fun to form her and show her the mistakes that I made and you know, what I would do different and like, know your marketing classes are wrong. (laughs) So, you know, but, um, anyway, and so, uh, well, I also think, I think that, you know, I have a theory about people who hit the snooze button, which kind of plays into this. Oh yeah. I saw your Instagram. I think when people hit the snooze button, sometimes it is because you're tired and we can talk about what you need to be doing at night, what you need to be doing in the morning to, you know, remedy that. Mm -hmm. But I think most of the time people hit the snooze button because they're not excited for the life that comes after they get up out of bed. And what we're not changing, we're choosing. So when people say, you know, why are you so motivated or why do you have so much energy? Because I freaking love my life. (laughs) I literally am creating this life on purpose with purpose. I decided that I didn't want to teach high school English anymore, that I wanted to pursue this passion around fitness. So I did. I made that absolute decision. You know, and is there some privilege that goes, well, of course there is. There's always a little bit of privilege, but there's also a whole heck of a lot of work ethic. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, you probably have people in your life. If you are doing something that seems really cool or you're traveling or you're working remotely, you could have someone in your life that's saying to you, well, aren't you lucky? Or, you know, that you're just so lucky or whatever, because I know I've got people in my life that say that, too. No, that's called working really, really hard. That's what it's called. It's called working really, really hard. And I have energy and I stay motivated because I really love what I get to, not have to, get to work really, really hard at doing, which to me, I think, is helping women step into their power and into their potential and change their life. And I think that's through personal growth and movement and habits. I really love what I get to do every day. And I really love this life that we're creating on purpose of purpose. And if I'm not loving something and it's not bringing me joy, then I'm changing it because when I'm not changing, I'm choosing. And I think some of that comes from having older parents. My parents had me when they were in their Mm forties. So I think my sense of time maybe is a little bit different. I lost my dad 22 years ago to cancer. And I think my sense of time might be a little bit different. I'm just always feeling like there's, there's not enough time. And so because I don't feel like there's enough time, I better take advantage of every second that I have. There's just no time to waste. There's just no time to waste. That's how I feel. So I I just don't struggle with being motivated. I'm like, shoot, like you don't (laughs) even know if you're gonna wake up tomorrow. Let's go, you know? Yeah, well, well, like Lauren Gagiole, who is, you know, this is her whole talk at Momentum is you're gonna die. Um, She goes, luck, in my experience, (laughs) there is no such thing as luck. So that's really good. And you're, I mean, you're really resonating with people. Um, Jim says, I retired from the military so I could be there for my daughters in the middle school and high school days. And then also, yeah, Chris Stone says, he's watching over on LinkedIn, says, fantastic mindset of modeling for the future, tremendous legacy, totally. Um, 
Um, well, you really yeah. hope your kids do so much more than what you are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you hope that they kind of take what, I mean, I've watched what my daughters do and are doing in life. And I think about what they've done. I think about Jenna moving to New York right after she graduated from college at 22 years old. Listen, at 22 years old, there's no way I would have moved to New York City by myself. <laughs> there's no way. But she didn't know me at 22. She knows me now. Right. So how I'm acting, behaving, modeling now is what matters. Josie, my middle one, moved down here to Orlando when she was 18, got an apartment by herself to dance with Orlando Ballet. I would never have done that at 18, Mm. but she didn't know me at 18. My Jesse, my youngest, is at 22 years old living in Hong Kong. I can't, I would, I wouldn't live in Hong Kong right now. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> right. But they, they didn't see me when I was that age. They saw me when I understood the importance of personal growth, understood the importance of habits and understood the importance and the responsibility of modeling that for them. So I, even though 98% of what they do is their own DNA, 2% is the fact that they've seen their mom. Yeah. Yeah you know, build a business from the ground up and all the stuff that goes into that. They've seen their mom just model consistency and perseverance and having dreams and goals and doing the work and having a work ethic. And so again, 98% of what they're doing in their lives is all them, but the 2% that you might have some control over as a parent, well, I I don't take that lightly. Like I better show up as my best self for that little 2%. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and when you were talking about, you know, your dad and what you've learned from that and, and Kira even says, this is where grief becomes a strange gift that shifts yes. your perspective on time in a positive way. So yeah, I think we, we all sure. have that, it, you know, we're, it's a hundred percent death rate. And so yep. what, what are we going to do with what the time we have? Um, I do want to say really quick, you know, you mentioned your habits and I want to make sure I, I, I push this before we get too far and we're going to do it at the end too, but Julie has an amazing uh, download talking about habits and the holidays, julievoris.com forward slash holidays. Make sure you go sign up, get that free download from her. She's yep. got some great stuff on there. She talked about, you know, don't hit snooze. I saw that on her Instagram. I was like, Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. So <laughs> julieverwitch.com forward slash holiday. Make sure you go check that out and get on that list. So, all right, Paul, let's, let's jump into the brass tacks of how Julie did all this stuff. So go ahead. I love Instagram. I love Instagram so much. So, Tell me. Yeah. I mean, I guess first, how did you decide on Instagram and <laughs> You know, and I know you do a lot with stories. Why? Why? You know, yeah. What What made that a platform for you? And, and kind of how did how did you even figure out that that's where your audience was? Well, first of all, I was on MySpace, Paul. I was on MySpace. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you were on MySpace, but that's where I started. And then I kind of remember this conversation, like kind of just around my colleagues and friends, like, what is this Facebook thing? Are we doing this? Is this a thing we're doing? All right, fine. And that's where I lived for a long time. Um, Facebook was, you know, when I started my business, my online health and wellness business, Facebook was a way to reach what we call war market. All entrepreneurs have a war market. Mm -hmm. And Facebook was where I lived and breathed for a very long time. I would go live on there sometimes. Um, Used to be able to post a post and you'd have clients, you know, coming to you. It was in right. back of the day when all that worked. And then this strange new animal came out of the woods called Instagram. And in the very beginning, I wasn't a big 
proponent or advocate of it because it was very much curated, beautiful photos. Right. I don't really take curated, beautiful photos or I didn't at the time. I don't really, I, I pay for someone else to take, you know, decent photos of me. I don't really know. I don't have that skill set. And while I enjoyed looking at it, it wasn't necessarily my platform at first. And then as I started using it more and getting more familiar with it, I realized these were new people for me. These were new people. And it's not that Facebook still didn't have new people for me. I just found myself more drawn to Instagram. And I found myself more drawn to the people that were over there. I found myself drawn to the fact that you could connect with people literally all over the world, all over the world that you would never meet in person. You could connect with them. And it just became this platform where I started to find more like-minded people than I was finding on Facebook. So, you know, where your energy goes and your, your, your attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. And so I just found my attention being more and more pulled in the Instagram direction. And because I was spending more time there, that platform flourished for me more. And then I started diving into the tools of it more. Lou Mangello, our mutual friend was the first one to suggest that I do more lives on Instagram, like I had been doing on Facebook. And once I did that, I'm like, Oh, game on, because <laughs> now it's almost like I'm on a stage again, you know, right. Right. and I could create a community around it. And again, I could be talking to someone in the Netherlands right. on this little free platform on my phone. It's, it's mind blowing to me. The fact that we can, we can connect as humans all over the world on these basically mm -hmm. free platforms on our phone. So it just became my platform where I found the most like-minded people and where I enjoyed spending my time. And it's always interesting to me when people say, oh my gosh, I just can't be on social media. It's so negative. I always say to them, well, what's your feed look like? Because you're in charge of that. Like you don't like your <laughs> right. feed, right? fix it. Yeah. You know, my feed is full of, um, Disney people and health and wellness people and smart people who help me stay educated on what's happening in the world in a, in a factual way. And that's what my feed is. So I enjoy my feed. And if you don't enjoy your social media feed, well, that's on you. What, what you're not changing, you're choosing. You need to curate it differently. I think that's the first time anybody has said that on the show. It's like everybody gripes <laughs> about the algorithm, but nobody says, hey, you know what? You're kind of in charge of that. Like if your TikTok's giving you junk or your Instagram reels are giving you junk, um, that's on you. So that, yep. that is very refreshing. Uh, but in fact, I mean, you, you talked about how, I mean, I, I just, it blows my mind that I'm able to do this, go to all these different platforms, talk to people across the world. Cause I grew up in a small town too. Like, you know, yes. you, you could go down to the barber and that was about it. That was your reach right there. Um, the barber was like, if you could get him, man, you were, you were, you had it made. <laughs> uh, but like Julia is saying, listening while working at the dog grooming business, Julie helped me grow. So thank you, Julia, for, for saying that. Yay. I want to get, kinda, I kind of want to get like the brass tacks, like really some, cause I, I am on Instagram. I use it, but I'm not like Julie, like who knows the ins and outs and all that stuff. So like, do you like use trending sounds on your Instagram content? I mean, well, no. okay. You don't do any of that kind of stuff. I mean, you're just posting no. good content. I want to, I want to know your strategy. Okay. Here's my strategy. Number one is always be super curious and always be learning. So I, I mean, if I knew everything there was to know about Instagram, I'd have a gazillion followers. But also, do you want a gazillion followers or do you want like Seth Godin, author, speaker, 
you know, right. thought leader Seth Godin always says, smaller, more engaged is mm-hmm. what creates a movement. Because we could find people with a, several hundred thousand followers with a very disengaged audience. So why not create a community around perhaps a little smaller audience, but that's very engaged and you, you feel it. I just think as humans, we all want to feel like we're making a difference, right? And sometimes we get caught up in the metrics of social media. We get caught up in the metrics of Instagram and there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow. There's nothing wrong with that because the hope is more eyeballs Mm -hmm. on what you're coming to that platform to serve and to share with will help you make a bigger impact, right? So there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow. Let's just not forget that the biggest metric is how can we get people to engage, not just with you, but with each other and have this beautiful community where what you feel in your heart, you're called to do to serve and to share is actually making a difference. So I don't mess around with trending audio. I am very intentional about my audio. I don't know if you saw my reel that I posted this morning, but it was another tip for your morning routine, which is about taking a shower first thing when you get up. So it was very intentional about the sound that I put behind that because someone's going to get that and go, oh, oh, I see what she did there. So I put thought into what I'm creating, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really using trending audio, frankly, Jeff, I just don't have the time to be messing around looking for trending audio, right? And I yeah. I just, I was a fitness instructor. I'm very in tune with my music. So I have an idea already of what I want to create. But I, I think that we have to remember, you know so much more than what you think you know. We talked about this too. Like we, we, we know so much and we think everybody else knows it and they just don't. Like mm-hmm. not everybody knows how detrimental hitting snooze is for you, for your brain for you for the rest of the day. I just assume everybody else knows that, but they don't. So that's a piece of content. That's a piece of content or taking a shower when you wake up or writing down your goals every day or whatever it is that I'm sharing. We have to really, as entrepreneurs, dig into the fact that we know stuff that other people don't. We have to stop assuming other people know what we know. That becomes your content. You are most prepared and positioned to serve the person you were before you found your solutions. I am most prepared to serve the woman that I was before understanding how fitness could change my life, how habits could change my life, how personal growth can change my life, how stepping into my power and my potential can change my family's life. I I am most positioned to serve the person that I was And when we remember that, that helps us create content on social media because you're not creating content for you. You're creating content for your person, period. Mm. And the person that you were before. And the person that you were before and also the person that you want to work with and attract. Because sometimes I think about the woman that I was before and where I was even in my personal growth journey. And that's all well and good and that's fine. But I'd like to work with a woman maybe who's a little bit more evolved now because <laughs> I am. So I would like maybe right. come a little bit, a little bit closer. And so sometimes it's not all the way back. But really, when you think about the solutions that you have found that have made your life easier and who you were before then, you're kind of helping that person that you were then. And social media, when you're using it for a business, when you're using it for a business, is all about serving and sharing and helping that person. It has very little to do with you. So you'll notice as I continue to learn, 
and evolve and grow in the Instagram platform as I continue to learn, because clearly I don't have all the answers, but you'll notice that on my feed, you're not finding pictures of my family because what happens with pictures of your family? Oh, those get tons of likes. Well, that's vanity metrics. Cause are you selling your family? No. So I don't need a picture of them on my feed, but they can be mm. in my story, but on my feed better be tools to help the woman that I'm talking to. Mm. That is really good advice. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to post a picture of your family. Yeah. Cause it's going to get a bunch of likes and it's, mm -hmm, and especially, um, but that's not a business. Post. If you're using Instagram just for personal, fine. But if it's a want. business. But we're not talking to people who are using social media for whatever they want. We're talking to people who are using social media for their business. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we all three of us could post a picture of our family. And especially because my husband rarely shows up <laughs> on social media. So if I post a picture of my husband, people are like, oh my God, he exists. So if I post a picture <laughs> of my husband and all three daughters in the same place at the same time, well, I'll get all kinds of likes, but does that grow my business? Mm. No, probably not. So that stuff can go in my story, or if there's a way for me to share that, that also shares the thought process behind it, how it got there in a way that helps the person watching it. Otherwise it's just a vanity post for, look at, my, look at me and my family. That's, mm. that's not what we're doing here as a business on social media. That is such a good point. Such a good point. That's great. Well, how is threads for you? Have you integrated threads at all? Or are you sticking with just real stories and the, the core of Instagram? Here's what I think about social media. And this was a lesson taught to me a long time ago. So take it and, and use it. You know, it's always take the meat, leave the bones. Take, so it work, mm -hmm. take what works for you or, and then leave the rest alone. A long time ago, I heard this and I kind of have lived by it since. Find your platform that you love, that you yourself love, that you love creating content for, that you find your like-minded people, that you just vibe with. Be there. Let go of the expectation that you have to also be in all the other places. And if you can to a lesser degree, have a presence in some of those places, but not make them your focus. So I have a Threads account, to speak to Threads, I have a Threads account. I usually go over on Threads once a day and kind of scroll around a little bit, mm -hmm. but I don't really post that much on Threads. Um, it doesn't mean I won't at some point. It doesn't mean I won't get into it at some point, but right now my focus is Instagram. So I have a presence on Threads. I have a presence on YouTube. I have a presence on Facebook, but my focus is Instagram because I think when you try to do all things, you do none of it. Well, I want to do Instagram really well. So that's where I'm going to focus. And then I'm gonna have a presence in these other places. And sometimes the presence could mean hiring it out. Right. So if you could hire someone to have a bigger presence on YouTube for you, do it. That's called being a CEO of your business. Right, um, right now. I just, I focus on Instagram. I want to build on Instagram. I find my like-minded people on Instagram. And then I just kind of dabble in the others for the time being. 
Yeah. Even people like, and, and I know Paul knows this is like Gary V. He doesn't, he has a team. They are the ones yes. chopping up. He has one kind of base. And we talked about this on your show with about repurposing Julie is that yeah. he has a base piece and then he takes it and puts it on all those pieces and all those different platforms. But his team does that. He's not there yeah. trying to, to do all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And also don't get in, don't entrepreneurs don't get twisted about that. Like, Oh my God, I don't have that much money to do that. You can find virtual assistants on platforms that cost very little money. So yeah. don't hire your daughter because they're expensive as all get out. Good <laughs> night. That's college tuition, baby. Oh, man. So uh, I think this is Tasty. He goes, uh, I agree, Julie. I do the same wall strategy on quick question on stories. Uh, how many stories a day is the algorithm looking for? Do you have an idea? On I that? have no idea. I have no idea. Do you know what I do with stories? I do stories when I want to do stories, honestly. Like I think that kind of, of thinking for lack of a better word can, it can be what drives you nuts about social media. Yes. We have to have strategy. Yes. We have to be intentional. Yes. We have to be focused and we have to be forward thinking and know who we're talking to. I think for me personally, for me personally, getting caught up in how many stories I have to do per day would drive me insane. So I have a, I kind of have a cadence or a rhythm and consistency is my superpower. It is. What's beautiful about that is anyone can have consistency as your superpower. That's not a talent. It's just a choice. It's just a choice that I make. Consistency is, is my superpower. So every morning when I get up, I usually post a quote. I post a couple really consistent stories every single morning. And then I kind of talk about my workout or I talk when I'm out on my walk with my dogs. And then I talk throughout the, and I just talk throughout the day. And I don't, I never count. I don't get in my head about it. If I'm not doing anything, you know, super duper exciting, I just make sure that I'm talking when I'm out and about, when I'm walking, when I'm doing whatever. I will also tell you, for whatever reason, the folks that I am friends with on Instagram, that the community, they really like when I leave my house. <laughs> um, I don't always like to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> But they really like when I leave my house. So I try to do more stories if I'm out and about, if I've left my house, even if it's just to Disney Springs to get a Starbucks, you know. Um, but I just I try not to get caught up in those kinds of pieces. I try to focus more on content that is serving the woman that I'm speaking to rather than the other minutia, because I think that's that could be what drives you nuts about social media, in my opinion. Yeah, we have uh, a user saying your dog walks are epic. So, uh, <laughs> well, that. one never knows when there's going to be a squirrel, and suddenly my arm gets pulled off, and it'll be right there live on stories. So, <laughs> you know, it's in real time. So, uh, Paul, you had a question about our process. So, go ahead. And, yeah, yeah, that's going to. You know, I, I think one of the things I, I love watching your stories and your videos is because they seem very authentic. They are not the polished. Um, super duper produced videos that you'll yeah. see over maybe on YouTube. So. When you're creating your stories and your reels, are you doing them right inside of Instagram? Are you using yes. Cut? Are you how much editing and, and I guess post work are you doing? The only tool that I use on a regular basis is uh, vi Video Shop on my phone, and yeah. I use that for a couple different reasons. Number one, I use it to add music 
So let's say I just I just want to add some background music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are talking and you are trying to do background music and you want it on a story, Instagram won't let you do both. So I'll just take whatever video. I'll put it into video shop. I add some music. I just turn that volume way down. So then you, there's a little bit of that. I mean, I'm a fitness instructor. I like my music. So it's, you know, a little bit of music in the background. So I use video shop. And then I also use video shop because sometimes I want to speed things up. So that is really the only tool that I use. In terms, honestly, because as Jeff knows, I'm really not that techie. So I always say, my goodness, if I can figure this out, anyone can figure this out. That is my, I use video shop for music, for to speed up, to slow down, to trim, to trim things in, and then to kind of mash it all together to post it in a story, which it's just for me now, it's just really user friendly. Um, but everything else I really do in Instagram, my captions, I do in Instagram, hmm. music, if I'm not talking over it, I'm doing in Instagram. So everything is just very much me grabbing my phone and holding it up and going, Hey, we're on a walk right now. This is what I'm thinking about. So it's just very organic. My, the cadence of the stuff that I post very regularly that, or if it's a workout video or something like that, then that I will probably put in video shop, maybe speed it up, maybe slow it down, add a little bit of music and make it a little bit more just fun to watch. But most everything's done right in Instagram. I, I, it has to be simple for me to stay consistent with it. The minute I try to use all kinds of other things, then I won't stay consistent with it. So simplicity for the win. Well, you, you mentioned consistency and, you know, you said that's a superpower. And, that, and I mean, that's why we do our show every, you know, every Friday at 10 a.m. Central. That's the thing. Um, but people see Julie v- Voris now, like fit, trim, you know, the, all, you know, these goals. And they're like, cause I, you know, my fitness goal for 2024 is I just don't want to jiggle when I brush my teeth. That's it. Not high, not a high I can one. Help you with that. But I know you can. So how, <laughs> but people see the, the, the final thing. I'm like, man, I can never get there. So how, like, tell a little bit about like, how long did it, were you consistent before you really started to see those results? Like, um, because I know a lot of people like I, I can never get there or I can never build my business to the next level. It's going to take too long. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. run out of money or whatever. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that length of time about being consistent. Well, here's what I know. I know that the time's going to pass anyway. <laughs> the time's going to pass. So if the year is going to pass, whether or not you do X, Y, Z or not, then why not do X, Y, Z and see what happens after 365 days of doing it. I think most people, most humans on this planet, us included, depending on what we're talking about, us included, assume that whatever it is that we want to do is going to take ginormous overhauls, huge effort, and we're going to have to work 25 hours a day. Now, I know that you feel me on this. Some of us need to go to Disney, okay? So we can't be working 25 hours a day, all right? Right. Some of us need to go to the Magic Kingdom and get a Starbucks. So adjusting your expectations, right-sizing your expectations, as my friend Jenny says, right-sizing your expectations and kind of having just a gut check with yourself. Like, if I can say it this way, like just freaking get over yourself. Like stop (laughs) resisting yourself. Stop putting roadblocks in, in your way and have this real conversation with yourself that the time's going to pass anyway. If I just decide that I'm going to spend 20 minutes every day working on my business, 
Well, that's 20 more minutes than I was spending before. And at the end of the year, it's going to add up. Or I'm going to spend 15 minutes every day moving my body. That's 15 minutes more than I was doing before. I'm going to drink one more glass of water. I'm going to go to bed 15 minutes earlier. It literally is these teeny tiny little habits that add up and create this compound effect. I also want to say, in kind of a weird transparent note, that often what you see at the end, or not at the end, we're all in our middle, right? Right, So what you see, what you consider the end, but we're all in our middle, is the result of years of personal growth. (laughs) Years. I mean, you're not seeing right now, where I in the season of life that I am in right now, you're not seeing, I mean, trigger warning, the disordered eating. You're not seeing the exercising way too many hours. You're not seeing the carrying the generational baggage that I've carried. You're not seeing the family stress and tension that I battled through in the holiday season. You're not seeing that. Some of that just because there was no social media when I was, you know, in the throes of that. And also because I work really freaking hard on myself first and foremost, so that what you see feels like, oh, it's so easy. No, you're just seeing it right now. Right. You're just seeing it right now. But that is hours and hours and hours of early mornings and late nights and books and podcasts and therapy and this and that and just work inside, work inside, internal work to get to the place where you can go, you can do this too. And I know it because I've done it and it's, I'm not that special, you know? So we really have to clear our minds, which is personal growth of this resistance to it must be so easy. That person's so lucky. Why aren't I Why is this not happening overnight when there is not one successful person on this earth? However you define success, however that definition looks for you, there's not one successful person on this planet who has done it overnight. You just haven't seen the years of junk that they've had to navigate their way through. But because if they're a good human, because they've navigated through that, part of their purpose probably is now to help you shorten that learning curve. Because I know that's what it is for me. Like I am just really passionate about shortening the learning curve for the women with whom I work because I have been in my own way a lot. I have navigated a lot of junk. I am worked on generational baggage and generational trauma and all the stuff that we work through, the patriarchy and, you know, all of the bits. So if I can shorten someone's learning curve, I think that's part of my purpose on earth, you know, is to help them connect to habits that connect to their goals and dreams. And how can we shorten that distance between what we're doing every day and what we want to do with our life? But it's not going to happen overnight. And if you think it is, then that's personal growth that you need to do. That is a roadblock (laughs) and a limiting belief that you are telling yourself to avoid doing the work because the feeling that you're seeking is on the other side of you doing the work. Mm -hmm. However it is that you want to feel calm, confident, productive, successful, name it. The feeling that you're seeking is on the other side of you doing the work. So rather than spending energy wishing it would happen overnight, just spend a little time today doing something towards the goal that you have and then do that again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Connect that to your big why, your big dream, your big goal. Stop relying on motivation and just get up and do something today. Just something. 
Yeah, John Acuff says, you know, qu- comparing your start to somebody else's middle. Like, you just, yes. we got to quit doing that. So, we've got a ton of comments uh, about that. So, I want to pull these up real quick. But uh, yes, Gary says, I recently regained the ability to do longer walks, suffering from plantar fasciitis. Been there, my friend, for a year. Excited to get back to healthy exercise. Yes. And he says, his business unit president told us to work harder on ourselves than we do yes. for the company. He really loved that. And our friend yes. Angie says, starts with self. Thank you for always spreading that message, Julie. Mm-hmm. And Kira goes literally in my kitchen cheering, preach. <laughs> so, and, and Julia says, if we only get out of our own way. So, uh, this has been so many. We got one time for one more question. I'm going to let Paul ask that. Yes. I mean, this, I could go on for another hour, but I want to be respectful of Julia's time. So, Paul, <laughs> go ahead and ask that question. You know, you're talking about we're seeing you now in your current state, and this took a lot of growth. And so, we're seeing your Instagram too. In, in you've yes. honed this for a long time. So, yes. what yes. mistakes have you made on Instagram? What how did you get here and what did you learn making those mistakes? Oh, Paul, I wish I could have pulled <laughs> up my very first post on Instagram because, oh my gosh, it was literally a cup that I'd bought from the dollar section of Target. I can't even believe that I posted this on Instagram. <laughs> it was a green neon cup that I had bought from the dollar section of Target that had like the remainder of my superfood shake that I had consumed already. So it was gone. The shake wasn't even in there looking pretty. It was gone. And I was like, oh, my shake was good. And I posted a picture of the inside of this on Instagram. I'm like, what? What, what, what is it? What are you just like? What? Yeah. Everyone starts somewhere. It's no different than the very first fitness class I taught sucked, but you have to be willing to begin. Mm -hmm. So what I have learned on social media is it's not about you. It is about the person you're serving. And if you will keep that in the forefront of your mind and it's, it's easy. My, one of my Mentors, Brendan Burchard always says we're in the selfie generation mm-hmm. where it feels like everything is about yourself. And the sooner you you can let go of that and realize, you know, you're, you're put here on this planet to serve and to share and to make a difference. And your social media can be a part of that because that's how we communicate now. And the, if I would have learned that sooner, that would have been helpful. However, that's one of the mistakes that I learned is that it's really about serving and sharing because, you know, in my world, in fitness and health, people will have an opportunity maybe to meet one of our trainers who create our programs that they've been working out to. And, you know, someone maybe has been doing this program in their living room for three months or something, and it's really changed their life. And this this trainer was in their home via the TV for three months or whatever. And then this person gets a chance to meet this trainer and they'll take a picture of the trainer, of them with the trainer, and they'll be like, I love this person. <laughs> No one cares. (laughs) Right. Right. Because you have not told us what change has happened because of this person. You have not told us how you have changed. You have not told us why we should care. And Americans are spending a couple hours on social media a day. We're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's a lot of white noise. And if if you can, as you're posting, think how is this speaking to the person that I want to serve? You have a much greater chance of breaking through that white noise. You have to tell your story. You have to get vulnerable and tell your story. You have to be transparent. You have to talk to that woman or man or human, the they's, the whatever's that has this same problem that you had and you now have the solution. Mm 
And when you tell them that story and you create that connective tissue, that's when your social media takes on a, a whole nother level because nobody cares about the picture of you with the trainer, but they might care that because of these 20 minute workouts a day, you're more patient with your kids and they could be more patient with their kids too. And they can maybe have more energy to play with their kids at their playground. And maybe they would feel better in their skin and better in their relationships. Okay. Now we're talking about a different kind of social media, aren't we? Now mm -hmm. we're talking about something that's solving someone's problem. And that picture with the trainer is telling a story. Everything is about telling a story. Everything is about creative connective tissue. That is all stuff I've had to learn. And I have to continue to learn what's hitting on Instagram right now for me. Cause again, Instagram is my platform. I love it. Okay. What's hitting in Instagram right now? Talk to the camera. It's doing really well on Instagram right now. Well, guess what? I love to talk to the camera. So <laughs> that, that I love that so much, but even if you don't love it so much, you're a business owner. Sometimes you got to do things you don't love and you got to get over it and you got to talk to the camera and tell the camera. And it's going to take you a couple th times and the first couple times are going to be bad. And that's, it is what it is. Okay. And it's paying attention to what seems to be when I, when I'm on social media and I'm looking on Instagram, I really am looking for what is doing well right now. And can I take that and implement it into something that I can share in a way that works for me? Mm -hmm. And that really doesn't have anything to do with trending. Audio has just more to do with the concept and the feel. How do I want someone to feel when they watch my post or the video? I want them to feel understood. I want them to feel seen. I want them to feel like I get them because I do, because I'm probably am them. And I found some solutions and some ways that I can help them. But that's how I want my people to feel. That's not just a picture with a trainer. It's not a picture of my kids. It's not just a random picture of an empty glass that had the leftovers of my shake in it. <laughs> it's gonna take a little bit more thought, but I want them to feel seen. So how do you want your people to feel? And you just gotta be willing to, to freaking do the work to figure it out. You're gonna post things that you spent a lot of time on. I'll post something, I'll be like, this is awesome. It's not, okay? It just <laughs> won't do well. It just right. won't. And you'll be like, why? And, and you just kind of try to dissect it. And sometimes you just go, Okay, it's just what it is, you know? And then other times you'll post something with very little thought, but for whatever reason, you've really spoken to your person and it hits and it does really well. Yeah. Okay, that's your thing. Okay, maybe we do more of those. And you just kind of track it. I pay attention to what seems to be doing well for me. Okay, let me, let me try a little bit more of that. Let me try a little bit more of that. When I talk about empty nesting, Cause that's where I am right now. And I talk about how that makes you feel and, and how I've learned to navigate through it to when I talk about morning routines and how they make you feel like those are our powerful messages for my audience because they get that. I understand them because mm. I am them. Mm. And that's what your audience wants. Every, when you were talking about this, it came back to me. I was thinking it's not social media, it's social networking, which is what you originally started with. And yes. that's what I'm getting from the takeaway. And the social, um, the social yeah. part of it is and helping. Yes. And so I, I want to, we're at the end of our time here. Like I said, I could go four hours with Julie, but uh, Tim goes, the best thing about Julie is she's honest, real and focused. I only hope to get there too. 
Richard Watts says- I love Tim Begonia. Tim Begonia is like the best human on the planet. He is really a good guy. Richard says, it's not about you. It's all about who you are serving. That's so simple and true and so helpful. Awesome, Julie. Thank you for that. And Tim, once again, says story equals authenticity, nothing else. Um, and thank you, Gary. Gary is my man. He goes, remember to thumbs up and share this out, guys. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> um, with, with that perfect ending, um, Julie, tell people where they can find you. We want to bring up your holiday uh, uh, guide again, but where can people find you, what you're doing, and uh, just this is all about you here at the end. Well, you know, you can find me on the gram. So right. come hang out with me on Instagram. That's where you will meet. Um, that's where you'll see my dogs. That's where you'll see my morning routine. That's that's where uh, I will be sharing our trip to Hong Kong next month. Like all awesome. the fun things, you know, happen on Instagram. I'm very rarely on Facebook. Um, other, I, I just, I, I love Instagram. So come, come hang out with me on Instagram and let's converse over there and get to know each other over there. I just think it's the coolest platform ever for getting to know people that are just around the world. Like these people that you'll never meet in person, but you feel like you know them in real life. I just think that's the coolest ever. So I'm on the gram at Julie Boris and my website's julieboris.com. And if I can help you in any way with your habits, not just your fitness, because I put fitness under the umbrella of habits. For me, habits include fitness, personal growth, mindset, business, like all of that just kind of fits. Everything fits under habits, really, because habits are choices and everything we do is a choice. So anything that I can do to help you with habits, any tool that I've maybe created or any any story or real or just piece of content or anything that can help shorten your learning curve. I hope that I can do that because I just think that that's what makes social media so cool is when we get to really come together, help each other, and remember that we are all so much more alike than we are different and that the kinder and more connected we are with each other, I think the better the world will be. That's awesome. And for you guys listening on the podcast, it's Julie, J-U-L-I-E-V-O-R-I-S. That's at Julie Voris on Instagram. Make sure you check her out. And also, uh, don't forget about her holiday guide at JulieVoris.com forward slash holidays. That's JulieVoris.com forward slash holidays. It's a great guide. You guys need to go check that out as well. And Mr. Paul Gowder, where can they find the amazing Mr. Paul? Uh, com. come over there um, I'd love to talk with you and don't forget about our meetup at PodFest we'd love to go through the parks with you maybe talk a little business have some snacks and explore Star Wars yeah have yeah. some snacks have some sna- <laughs> there'll be a lot of snacks we'll need Julie there to lead us in a like a like a calisthenic session oh my gosh then I will throw up so anyway on that note thank you guys so much for watching this has been amazing thank you Tim and Richard and Julia everybody who stayed and watched uh, to the very very end we appreciate you guys wouldn't be able to do this show without you thank you again also to our sponsor Ecamm find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm and with that have a great rest of your week we'll see you next time guys bye everybody Social media. Social media news live.